Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Film Freaks. And I am one of your hosts, Kente, and I'm joined by Jen and Josh. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Yes. So you, uh, Josh, why don't you give a, um, let the audience know exactly what Film Freaks is all about. Okay. Well, uh, Film Film Freaks is, it's a show where we watch movies and then talk about um, pretty pretty simple concept uh not not really sure how to go into the depth of you know a, a description but yeah we're gonna watch a movie talk about it sounds good sounds good um this is, this is a really exciting concept i don't think i've ever heard anything quite like it josh so brand new completely original kudos yes i'm really excited about this genre breaking kind of idea mm-hmm. yes yes yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> i talked during a movie my wife hates that <laughs> hilarious <laughs> uh okay so tonight's movie uh kind of give us a, a rundown of this is we're gonna the way we're gonna do it is we're gonna kind of go back and forth with picking a movie so next next one is gonna be jen's movie and then it's gonna be uh mine and then go back to josh so uh josh what is um uh, tell tell us about tonight's movie and why you picked it, and you know. Well, uh, the reason I picked it, I'll go over there first, is because you have never experienced Hamilton in any way, shape, or form, and that was the first movie for this. Hamilton the movie as available on Disney Plus. It was the first time that's been available to watch outside of an actual theater. Um, okay. Truthfully, it was the first time you could, you know, legitimately watch it outside of buying a ticket or uh, showing up at a theater. So when it was announced for Disney Plus, I might have uh, screamed a little bit, and it definitely reinforced my uh, my subscription, my my thought that. Uh, Disney Plus is a good idea. I mean, after all, when they said 30 years of The Simpsons, I was in, but then they brought this, and I'm like, I owe Disney everything now. They have my soul. <laughs> so Hamilton and The Simpsons did it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can never get rid of it just because they brought me a, a way to see not only Hamilton, but the original Broadway cast for, for Hamilton. The, right. the same... Broadway cast that made it what it is. Right. 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 So I think didn't Sylvester Stallone take over the part of Alexander Hamilton in the, in the mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And Van Damme took over Burr. <laughs> that would be, actually, that'd be kind of uh, terrible. <laughs> but it'd be funny though. Well, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I am not a musical guy. Right. I, I'm not, I don't like, um, West Side Story is not one of my favorite movies, uh, or musicals or sing filler on the roof or any of that stuff, uh, or Grease. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, musicals is not my thing. And when everybody was talking about this, I'll be honest with you. I was like, cause it's always a musical that, you know, Book of Mormon, or whatever, you know, is the thing that everyone's talking about, the cool hip thing for everybody to look at and whatnot. And I'll be honest with you, this was one of those things where it was like, eh, probably would be good, but I'm like, eh, you know, I mean, you know, and it's like the tickets are so high and it's like, and it seemed kind of like this thing that, you know, like this kind of, I don't know how to describe it, like, you know, like this kind of posh thing. Oh, did you see Hamilton? Oh, it's hip hop on Broadway. <clears throat> and it's talking about Alexander Hamilton. And I look, I ain't the most patriotic cat in the world. So, you know, I'm like, Alexander Hamilton, so what? You know, like. Yeah, uh, that's kind of the point. And yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a historic, I'm a history buff. And I'm very familiar with his story. So, you know, a musical about it didn't seem 
awesome right but you know i to be honest with you i softened when i started seeing lin-manuel miranda who created it he was you know he'd be doing interviews over the years and he seemed like a cool cat you know like a really cool cat and then it was like and then he was on kirby enthusiasm one season and it was just like you know maybe i want to see this hamilton thing and then josh when he when he found the soundtrack and he wouldn't stop talking about it i mean you know i mean he was literally having convulsions about how great it is mm -hmm. so then it was like okay okay it's true okay so now you know when i when we decided to do this it was like all right what movie we're gonna do and at first josh was gonna do some other movie and then he was like let's do hamilton <laughs> and i was like you know that's a three-hour movie or, or you know three hour uh production it's a movie you can say it right so then i was like okay well let's break it up into two days because you know that's a long time right and then we're gonna do a mm -hmm. podcast afterwards and i'll be honest with you i could have probably i could have continued on i actually kind of was a little disappointed when it stopped right <laughs> so uh I, it's very good it, it's very good uh you know, I can't wait to see the second half. And for someone who doesn't like, you know, who's not a, I don't want to say I don't like musicals. I'm not a musical cat. I love hip hop though. So, you know, that that's pretty cool. So um, let's talk about some of the aspects of the production that really stand out. And uh, let's first talk about the cast. Okay. And I asked a question in our chat room to um, Dr. Tachi, who, you know, is a performer, a stage performer, uh, singing and dancing and all that. And uh, someone who's very ignorant about the whole musical scene, I thought, I, I started thinking as I'm watching this is, is it normal to have the creator, the one who wrote everything, it, you know, to not only be in it, but, you know, such a prominent, you know, the lead of it. And it, just in my head, I'm thinking that must not be, I don't, you know, I don't think Andrew Lloyd Roe ever, you know, I don't remember uh, him or, you know, some of the other great musical, uh, you know, people um, doing that. And she says it's not it's not um, normal to have the creator um, actually play a part in it, especially the lead role. And that's impressive. That's very impressive to be the maestro of everything and be the lead, you know, and have, you know, he's in a lot of the scenes. And, you know, I thought it was very good. You know, I thought, I, I mean, I thought his performance so far is awesome. Um, you know, he has, he's very charismatic. Um, I just love the humor that's in it. And I think that he's, you know, I, I just really think it's, it's very joyful. So um, before we go on to the rest of the, the cast, I just want to first start off. What do you guys think about Lin-Manuel Miranda's uh, performance? Jen, Josh? Well, pick one or the other so we're not stepping on each other. Maybe. Josh, Josh. Okay, Lin-Manuel Miranda's performance as Alexander Hamilton. Well, I can't give any personal, you know, accounts of what the actual Alexander Hamilton was like. So, you know, can't really compare it to that. The role that he's written was, was, <laughs> it was literally written for him, mm -hmm. right? So the way, the way he plays it with, and, and the only word I can think of is such sincerity, from the the little moments where he's doing the asides, like you know, giving that little grin to the to the audience, like yeah, I just made a funny, you know, and appreciating um, their input during the performance, because uh, usually during shows, I, I've done you know a couple of musicals myself. I've I've performed on stage. I'm. I'm no slouch. Oh, okay. But it's usually, you know, it's at least in the productions I've been in, it's usually all business, 
right? You you go out there and you build this elaborate world with your performance. He doesn't seem to mind. And then, and then I would say he actually encourages breaking the fourth wall uh, when it comes to uh, some of the jokes and, you know, just the little side comments. And, and I think he really... Uh, does that extremely well, but of course, like I said, he wrote it. <laughs> he knows he knows where to put in all of the the key items, and uh, just from a talent standpoint, right? Delivery of emotion is it's on point, as as well as uh, delivery of punchlines, whether it's in a facial expression or a quip. He he nails every facet of what he's supposed to be doing. Yes. I 100% agree. Uh, what about you, Jen? Well, so I know I didn't get to say this, but I'm just going to say it real quick before I tell you what I thought about his performance. I, from the, almost from the first, I don't know, two or three months after Hamilton came out and was available to listen to, first I was listening to these like, grainy recordings that people had made. Um, when the actual soundtrack came out, I fell asleep listening to it night after night. I mean, it was just amazing. I absolutely loved it. So the music for me in this sort of conjures things that I had in my head, which then the musical, uh, the, the play itself sort of puts into a different perspective. If you only listen to the music and you aren't able to see what they're doing on the screen, you kind of get all of these other pictures in your head. So until I actually saw it being performed, I had a totally different vision of what I thought everyone was doing, which makes it very interesting to see it. Um, in terms of what I think of him in particular, first of all, I am hats off to this guy for the incredible vocal range that he's got. It's absolutely astounding. It's just amazing. But secondly, um, like Josh said, there is something so exquisite about every little gesture that he makes, even his small intonations they matter. They're so important to the overall narrative. Um, and one other thing about him, um, th this guy is such, a, I mean, I don't know if anybody has had a chance to see him off screen and just in sort of interviews, but he is such a good human being. I mean, he just absolutely like nails it when it comes to being sort of all present, all there, and really engaged. So I, I can't speak his his praise high enough. So yeah, so that's how I feel. And we share a birthday. Oh, good, oh, good for you. I did not know that. So he's going to... Uh, also, like, he is so super adorable. I mean, I'm sure you guys don't think of him that way, but oh, he really is. How can one not? Adorable. I so know, adorable. right? That's what I was thinking. He's so adorable. Yes, he really is. I, I, I am very jealous of Eliza. You should check out his hosting stint on SNL, Kente. Okay, I'll do that. I'm sure he was awesome. Uh, all right, so let's talk about um, Aaron Burr. Uh, Leslie Ordom Jr., who's a terrific talent, Oh, yeah. uh, the guy is, you know, is outstanding, outstanding, uh, and he and I believe he won a Tony for this, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure that anybody didn't win a Tony for this, right? <laughs> right? 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 I, I mean, I think we all know that Lin Manuel won, um, but you know, he definitely won, and you can see why. I mean, his performance is great, and. Just, you know, like I said, it, it has so much, you know, the dancing, the singing, the production design to the um, just the, the change in pace, you know, the, um, the bring you up, bring you down, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I just think that, you know, his his performance is uh, outstanding. And um, 
So, uh, you know, and he's a, he's been a good actor for like quite a long time uh, in the industry. Uh, I want to, uh, you know, start off with you, Jen. What do you think about old Aaron Burr? So, okay, first of all, I even wrote this in the chat. Every scene that Aaron Burr is in, I, I get chills. I absolutely love it. I love hearing his, I love hearing everything that he has to say, knowing he's the counterpoint or foil to Hamilton just sort of makes it even more dramatic. But in particular, this guy has such a, a charismatic stage presence that it's, it almost sometimes feels like he, like his ability to command attention is larger than life. It's just absolutely huge. Um, and, and I have to say that I really appreciate the way that they made him in particular always sort of in the center light, like whenever he's on stage, he, he captures so much of the stage side. It's amazing. I, I really, I, so that's my, my feeling. My feeling is he's powerful. The performance is amazing. And I don't know how you can watch him and not be sucked in. Right. Like he was just the perfect choice. What about you, Josh? And um, well, despite the name on uh, the marquee, this, this is a movie starring Aaron Burr. I mean, that's, he's the first person that, you know, comes out. He's, you're, you're looking at everything like through his perspective. It's his observation of Hamilton. And maybe that's why Hamilton seems a little larger than life at times. Right. Um, and as, as far as the performance goes, again, how, how, what, what do you say about perfection other than that it was perfect? Yeah. He, everything Lin Manuel did, except he did it too. You know the the gestures, the expressions, and the thing is about Act One. You've seen just a tiny bit of what the range of the Burr character is going to be. Yeah. In Act One, you know, you see he starts out, you know, kind of a. I don't want to say cocky, but he's definitely more self-assured because he is kind of a big man on campus. They say it, you know, uh, as, as soon as the other guys are introduced, you know, they're like Aaron Burr, you know? Right. And as, as Hamilton rises, uh, Burr doesn't necessarily fall off, but it, it's through his mannerisms and his expressions. It almost seems like he feels that he's falling off. Well, and watch the lighting in, in act two, as we watch act two later, watch the lighting, watch what happens with the lighting with Aaron and watch how it sort of starts moving more and brighter toward Alexander. It's, it's actually really super genius. Hmm. Interesting. So it's, it's not so much, um, Burr is, yeah, he he's the anti-Hamilton, but it's it's not a matter of good guys and bad guys. It's just two guys that took completely different approaches at life. Hamilton, the the gung ho, you know, I need to grab the brass ring, get it while it's hot, kind of mentality. And you know, Burr's played out as a be cautious, be careful, and be alive. Not really putting himself out there and. That's why he's his his tone kind of starts sinking throughout the first act because Hamilton's getting things done and he's just kind of there too, right? Which and, is and that culminates, you know, when they get to New York and Burr's like, "Yeah, we practice law," and Hamilton's like, "No, I practice law." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, all right, at this point, uh, I want you guys to just talk about other standouts uh, in the cast. So um, you want to go? Go ahead, Josh. You start off. What are some other standouts? That's I mean, <laughs> with, with with a cast like this, 
And to put everybody else in an other category would be, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's Ben. You got David Diggs playing um, Lafayette. The guy is throwing out such fast rhymes with a French accent. Right. right. By the way, he's not French. No, <laughs> no, he's like from like Oakland or something. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's doing this and just nailing every syllable, syllable, every word. Of course, it comes from repetition and practice. But the fact that, you know, he, he's doing it with the French accent nails everything about uh, the character. I keep saying that because everybody is so amazing. But yeah, that's um, that's the first. Um, let's see. I'm going to go straight to Jonathan Groff, King George. Oh, God. I love that scene. It, it could be just kind of, um, I, I don't, I don't want to say it could be a throwaway because, you know, hearing from the king is important. But the way he does everything is absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Just walking onto the stage is... <laughs> hilarious and I can't wait till you see um, when he comes out again because I'm not going to say anything um, Anthony Ramos is John Lawrence yeah you know I'm just going to I'm going to stop myself there um, and you know what I'm looking here and oh it says he was in a relationship with Zachary Quinto that's the guy who played um, on Heroes, and he played Spock in the uh, movies. Okay. They were together. Who's that? Uh, King George. In in real life. He's talking about in real life. No, King George wasn't in a relationship. King George and Spock had a thing? No, yeah. And yeah. Jonathan Groff. <laughs> no, Jonathan Groff and uh, Zachary Quinto. So, okay. So I'll I'll pass the baton um, because there are still a lot more people that need to be talked about. Well, I'll I will say that I think one of my favorite, um, not overlooked but underappreciated characters in Handel and Hamilton is um, Angelica Schuyler, and I, the the every time she is on the stage there is such heavy emotion that it's hard not to be moved by just by that alone i mean you know everything all ties back into what her relationship is with hamilton and then what her relationship is with uh the sisters but i find it oh i guess i shouldn't give spoilers for uh, act two, but something happens in act two, which is, which sort of brings it all around for me, which was really excellent on the, on the side of how they just, who they decided to put into what role it was directed really super well. Um, but she conveys this sense of, um, I don't know, there's a strength to, to her and that character, which is different from any of the other Skylar sisters and just, uh, super amazing. I, I really I enjoyed her more than probably any of the other sort of like Josh said. There aren't really any sort of under characters. I mean, everything in Hamilton sort of just all comes together to make it. It's all perfect. But I don't think it would be perfect if we didn't have it all. Does that make sense? No, it makes yeah no, perfect sense. Yes. I think you're you're spot on when it comes to um, Angelica, though, because even when they're introduced, uh, and I have to think it's completely intentional, uh, because um, Eliza, who was it? Um, I'm, I'm trying to look up. Yeah, Philippa Sue plays plays Eliza has a very powerful voice and she she shows it off uh, more a little bit later but when they're introduced 
it's Angelica that takes lead vocally right. know, as far as really belting it out. And then um, she gets to do the, the whole rewind, right? Yep. And, and just, just does that so amazingly. And, and just from a production standpoint, you know, hitting, hitting, you know, hitting the rewind and then suddenly everybody's resetting back to the previous scene is uh, amazing. Wow. Uh, but yeah, Angelica definitely uh, really uh, carries a lot of emotional weight. It, it, you know, it's funny because of all the women that are on stage, right? There's not a single woman that's on stage that I can't sort of feel like this was important. Um, you know, these pieces needed to be there, anything like that. But there is something uniquely special about the way that they put together uh, Eliza, Angelica, and uh, Peggy. Um, and... And I feel like the, the, this, there was this sort of genius to making them sort of, they're all Skylar sisters, but they're all so different. And they have uh, almost, you know, different, uh, different, I, I'm trying to think of the right word. I guess it's like a different tonality, um, both in what they are singing and how they are singing it. So it never feels like we sort of have the same, I don't know if, you ever, if you've ever seen shows where it, sometimes it feels like the characters kind of bleed into each other. It's not intentional, it's just that the actors are just so well matched for each other and they don't have a whole lot of different range. And these characters have such completely different range and presence that it is really, easy to sort of make them feel like they are totally different presences on stage. Uh, and I really appreciated that a lot. I mean, it actually made me feel kind of happy. Mm. Yeah, I, man, everybody's great in this. I mean, you're going to hear tonight a lot of it, it was great. <laughs> you know, it's just, that's just what it is. Um, but um, all right, so let's talk about the production design. Uh, I think the production design is great. The uh, and the costuming as well is excellent. I really enjoy everything you know that I saw on the screen. Uh, the spinning stage and the, you know the different uh, things that were going on. I thought it does a great you know the production design is pretty awesome. What, you, what about you, Josh? Yeah, everything is absolutely incredible. The, the roundhouse that's sitting, you know, center stage is the way that it's utilized for, for the choreography is it's like next level, right? right? Right. Just the way that it takes, I, I, I don't know, it takes center stage. It's, it is center stage, right? So from the way everybody lines up, you know, hitting their marks and suddenly, you know, people are one place and another. And, and I couldn't never in a million years would I, I imagine doing something like that. And yet here it is not only on full display, but executed so flawlessly and keeping it very simple as far as stage design. No big set pieces to move no like massive helicopters dropping in like Miss Saigon or something like that. It's just a matter of a balcony and, and some stairwells and everything else is, is basically brought in and brought off by mm -hmm. dancers and cast mm -hmm. while, you know, full lights and everything's going on, you know, um, the world turns upside down and everyone's holding on, you know, all of the props upside down until they get to set them um, for everybody to stand on for that final uh, note for, for the big, you know, the triumph pose, you know, at the end of that number. 
the the sim simplicity of set design is, I think, much better than an extravagant set that leaves a lot of. I, I hate to see it, but you know the, there are productions out there that have so much going on in the background that it it pulls you away. Mm -hmm. But here, everything is designed to keep you focused on what somebody is doing. Well, Doesn't matter where they are on the stage, the focus will be exactly where it's supposed to be at all times and so yeah i was just gonna say so let, let's talk about that for just a second because i i think i absolutely think you're right um and and i also think that there are some productions that are done where the background is intensely important to the narration of the story and it's designed that way right i mean it's absolutely meant to sort of blow you away but the narration with the background is sort of that is like a part of the play, right? Hamilton, part of I think the the super genius of Hamilton is that the story itself that they are narrating in song and dance through this brilliant choreography and also through that, my kid called it the stage lazy Susan was really funny. Um, is that is that the we're never actually pulled out of the world. The The world changes around us. And when they use that center stage piece, pieces come toward us, bringing us into the world and pieces go away from us, out of the world. But one of the things that I think that Hamilton used because they don't have a lot of, uh, of background noise, if you will, is, I have to go back to this, this incredible use of lighting because off stage, it, well, I should say toward the back of the stage, oftentimes goes pitch black so that we can't see it, right? And characters just disappear into the background only to reappear with a prop or come back in in, in a, a sort of a different way so that they have a different place on the stage. That to me is, like I said, this is like one of the super genius pieces of Hamilton. It it's not that that I feel like it's not that the, that the that it needed to have background or that it didn't need to have background. It's that the strength of the performances on stage negates the use of anything but small props to tell the story, right? right. Like like watching something that just from beginning to end is one long super story, uh, an epic poem that doesn't need a lot of. Uh, superfluous things in order to tell that story. It, I, it is actually really amazing. I like to think of it as a magic trick, right? It, it's a magic trick that, of course, is happening in front of you, except the magician is basically showing you how everything is done. And at the end of the trick, you still look at it and say, how did you do that? Right. No, I, I I love it though. You know, because it one thing it does is it it captures your imagination. You know, and uh, that's one thing that a good play, a good musical does is it captures your imagination. And uh, so, all right, let's talk about um, the music. Now, Josh, I'm gonna go to you. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about the music. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Music's <laughs> okay. The music's amazing. <laughs> From here, here's one of the biggest, uh, one of my favorite things about the music of Hamilton. Other than literally one scene, right? You could go to Spotify and basically listen to an audio version of the entire entire production and have that uh, imagination thing going on in your mind you know 
thinking how things look like. And that, I think, uh, gives a lot of credit towards the writing, being able to tell the entire story through song. Nothing wrong with, you know, a little verbal exposition through conversations. But the fact of the matter is, everything in this is done through the music. So if you, you know, if you can't watch it, even though we can now, but if you can't watch it, you're, you're doing a great job just listening to it. I, I don't really know how to uh, break everything down, but one of the things that I took away, especially the first oh, 20 or 30 times that I listened to it, was the fact that you're taking Broadway and Broadway style because there is that in there. But you're also throwing in, you know, a lot of different musical influences. Not not just rap and hip hop, but you know, Britpop and you know, there's there's a lot of you know, there's just there's a lot of different types of music represented here. And that is one of the reasons why I love everything about this so much. The, the the blending of all of these different types of music coming together for one cohesive narrative. Quite frankly, I don't know if something like this could be done again, but I'm uh, I'm sure hoping for for something else like it. Hmm. Did I long enough? <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead, Jen. What, what do you? I, I was going to say um, that I think Josh, you're absolutely right. There's so many uh, sort of shout outs and almost, uh, I don't know, little homages to things that I really love. Um, but one of the one of the strongest points. Now, remember, I. I hadn't seen Hamilton at all. I mean, I, I saw it before the movie, but I hadn't seen it before I was listening to the soundtrack. I was listening to the soundtrack for months and months and months and months and months before I ever got to see anything. So for me, the music was the most powerful thing of this, of all. And something about, there are certain, um, specifically, I think there are certain not just cadences, but also uh, like staccato moments in in all of the delivery that punctuate speech when we need to understand it. One of uh, Hamilton's, and I guess I will get more into it tomorrow, but one of Hamilton's strongest uh, suits is it is so understandable from beginning to end that you don't need somebody to explain to you, you know, hey, what did this mean or what did that mean? It is so perfectly narrated all the way through with the music. And part of the part of the reason that that is possible is not just that the uh, performers are able to enunciate through song really well, but that there is very special attention paid to certain passages. And when they happen, you really feel them and they're memorable. And so, you know, when people walk around and, you know, quote pieces from Mad King George, it, it it's because the delivery happened to be so perfect that it kind of like lines up in your head. If you haven't heard these songs over and over again, some of them might not be easy to kind of like pick up all the lyrics and start singing along with them. But then there are certain pieces that you will remember, even if you've only heard them once or twice, because they are so memorably done in the, in the soundtrack. Does that, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Did you feel that too? Oh yeah. I felt that big time. Yeah. I definitely, I mean like, the the one that I am thinking of specifically, actually, there's two, but the one that I'm thinking thinking of that was like really super memorable to me was when um, when Eliza is saying to uh, when she's talking about meeting Hamilton for the first time, there is something about the delivery of her lines there that 
it's just so memorable. It feels like it's just a moment in time that was so special and so important. And around her, other things are happening and there's, you know, other stuff that, you know, continues to keep going on, but her lines become quintessentially important in that moment. And I, I just, yeah, it's, it's hard to keep slathering praise onto something, but honestly, this, this show, this performance deserves a, the, all the praise that it gets. Just there's not enough to say how good it is. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, I mean, we're going to just keep stroking this thing, <laughs> you know, because uh, I mean, it, it is, it's tremendous. Right. And, uh, mm -hmm. there's really nothing that I can say that is negative about it. And I'm not going to try to do that just, just to be a contrarian, you know? Um, but, uh, one thing I will say is uh, I'm I'm very much so looking forward to part two. Or the I'm sorry, not part two, but more or less the second act after second. intermission. Yeah. They, uh, also, can can I mention one thing real quick? Sure. Uh, Hamilton was such it still is, um, but it was such a it captures such a cultural moment. It captures such a um such a unique pivot point in our history that we can tell a story about old dead white guys in this way and it, there's something pronounced about it like it, it just feels so incredibly powerful and i don't think that if they were to have had like a hamilton 15 years ago that it would have been as widely accepted as it is now in, in, I mean, not that it wouldn't have been as great, but just audiences were just different. And I, I am so happy that Hamilton came out when it did at the time that it did, because I feel like it got the best run for its money. It's still getting the best run for its money. I mean, I heard Disney plus, got a massive amount of new subscriptions just because of Hamilton. Are you so, saying that this right now, uh, old dead white guys are not the thing? I'm saying that right now we can say old dead white guys and not get, you know, people all upset that we're talking about history about old dead white guys. Yeah. You know, that's my favorite kind of white guy. <laughs> old dead white. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, no, like I said, it, it, it's really good. Looking forward to part two. Uh, I would ask you guys, what do you look forward to seeing? But you guys have seen it. So, um, so I, I guess without spoiling it too much, what you, since you have seen it, uh, what are you looking forward to seeing again, Josh? Without spoiling it, um, I mean, you can talk about it, you know. You could talk, Jen. What do you think is safe here? Well, okay, so like the thing that I would say is the history is the history, right? So right. we all know that Aaron Burr ends up having a duel what? with Alexander Hamilton, and that I mean, that's the history, <laughs> that's not nobody's surprised by that. You just spoiled and, it, no, just that's not spoiling it. Well, they, and actually, also, they spoil it in the beginning. Yeah, they do. And that one scene where uh, where they're kind of doing like the shadow duel where they're like each other's second. To me, that I, I even mentioned that in the chat. That's one of my favorite pieces going forward because it's the foreshadowing of the duel that they end up having. And th th I love that. That actually is such a powerful, amazing piece. It's a whole huge transition piece in the story. So that's my favorite. Josh, anything? Uh, I guess two words. Thomas Jefferson. Oh, Thomas Jefferson, yes. Hopefully they run him over and murder him. <laughs> oh, just, just well, I mean, didn't he? You know, I, you know, he's not one of my favorite people. So. Well, just wait until he finishes the Declaration of Independence, though, please. 
I feel like that might be an important thing we shouldn't leave out. No, they can do it before that. We get someone oh. to take his place. Or get somebody else to do it. Okay. Yeah, he was a beast. You know, we've uh, we've got forty five minutes, right, and have yet to talk about the actual story. I mean, who cares, right? No, I mean, really, though, no, it's. But the story but, is the story, right? The story is the songs, honestly. Yeah. Uh, because and and I feel like that's what I was saying before. The narration of this is so perfectly clear that you almost don't need somebody to like help you understand what is this all about, what's the history behind this. But you don't need it. Uh, and I'm not saying that this, you know, stands in for a history class, but you, if even if you have a vague understanding of kind of what was happening at the time, you don't need somebody to stand by and go, well, this is where this happens and this is where this happens, because the narration through song is so clear. It's just so vividly clear. I, I mean, I think so. You know what's so funny about this, though? When kids think of Alexander Hamilton, they're going to think of Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> A Puerto Rican guy from New York. And when they think of Aaron Burr, they don't think of a black guy. Pretty funny. That's that's part of what I was saying too. That's the power behind this. That is why I feel so happy that we have an opportunity, a snapshot to make the most out of this right now. I just it it just feels so incredibly powerfully right. It really does. Can I make a plea, though, to Hollywood and to uh, Broadway? If you guys do a musical of, like, Hitler, keep him white. <laughs> don't, oh, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't make him black or Puerto Rican or anything. We won't be mad. You can keep him a white guy. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen Springtime for Hitler? What? Well, yeah, he's, yeah, he's white. Yeah, he's white, man. That's funny, though. That's a, you know what though? I, come on, you would watch Springtime for Hitler though. Of course I would. Yeah, right. It'd be crazy. <laughs> Hitler's been in the news this week, man. Uh, <laughs> oh. What did he do now? Yeah, well, we'll get into that after we uh, close <laughs> up. So, uh, all right. So, um, let's start off with ladies first. Jen, how can we get you in social media? Um, you can find me on Twitter if you want at following Bliss One. Um, I kind of hang out a little bit over there. I don't know. I'm not so much into social media anymore. You can check out my websites at moviesmakethemeal.com. Um, and yeah, that's about it. We'll just go with that. And, and I want to make a, a, a declaration about Jen. Jen is a beautiful person inside and out. And we all love you, Jen, deeply. So oh, thank you. Remember I don't know, man. She's really nerdy. You know she is a real bona fide. I'm a real nerd. I'm not a fake nerd. I'm not a Pinocchio nerd. You are a real, like anyone, if you hang out with Jen for like a little bit of time, you know, she, her nerd card is, she has her nerd card and it's <laughs> not going to be revoked anytime soon. Okay. You know, thank you for saying that. That really makes me feel good. Yeah. She has the Lord of the Rings costumes to prove it. See, now you know I'm a nerd because I actually get excited when somebody compliments me about being a nerd instead of being like, I'm not a nerd. Yeah. See, uh, where I came from, that was the last thing you wanted to be called was a nerd. <laughs> that means no girl wanted you. So yeah. uh, now it doesn't seem like it's that bad. So, so you know, that's why I always was gangster. So, Josh, how can we get you? <laughs> And uh, social media and all that stuff. Can I do my whole spiel? Yes. And when, when are you going to have me on one of your shows? Uh, I got to figure out which one to get you on. I want to do that Netflix thing. That, That's you... Monday. Okay. When, though? What time? Uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. No, that's 7 p.m. Pacific. Okay, 7 p.m. Pacific. I've been saying it wrong for a very long time. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, I do, I do Mars Venus. We'll have to figure that one out. We'll figure it out. All right, go okay. ahead. <clears throat> if you want to follow me on Twitter, just hit me up at Skit Comic or at Semicore Studios because I run Semicore Studios. It is the place where I produce all of my podcasts. And we run... Friday, Saturday, and Monday. On Friday, it's the Wandcast, writers, 
actors, directors, and every job in between when it comes to production, whether it's movies or television, every odd episode, it's just me and Brandon being odd, and every even episode, we generally have somebody who is in the industry in some fashion, and we talk about their life experiences and how they got to where they are. Uh, there's a lot of uh, really cool back episodes you can listen to with uh, some really cool guests, as well as a little segment we call Cold Reads, where, for the most part, one of us will write up a little something, and we will cold read it on the air. And I got to be honest, most of the time, it's just one of us trying to make the other one laugh or, to be frank, feel disgusted. So, yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, mm -hmm. uh, the Wadcast, uh, which you can also find at thewadcast.com. On Saturdays, if you like pro wrestling, it's the Backstage Slam. You can uh, find that over at backstageslam.com as well as any other of my podcasts at semicorepods.com. Mondays, it's the Netflix, where I talk about everything that's coming to Netflix, instant streaming for the U.S., sorry, Canada, uh, for that week. And, you know, I like to keep it pretty simple. Uh, we do top tens. Um, you know, I give out something you should be watching that's on Netflix. You know, recommendations, things like that. I want to help you utilize Netflix to the best of, you know, your time value and whatnot. Uh, but... If you don't have time to remember everything I just said, go to semicorestudios.com. All of the links are there, and you will be able to reach out and touch me. All right, all right, all right. Love it, love it. Uh, you can get me at Kente F on Twitter, uh, Kente Ferguson on Instagram, of course. Indie Radio is the website. That's indyradio.org. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the all-new episode of Film Freaks, episode two, which is part two of Hamilton. Love you guys. Peace. <laughs>